Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the West York Entrepreneur. Before we bring on our guest, I mean, by the way, we have an awesome guest today. It's been long overdue to have this guy on. But before we bring into today's guest, I want to actually announce a really cool event that we've never done before. So my first question to you before I announce it is, do you love dogs? And do you love building better business relationships? If you said yes to both of those, you're going to love this event. We're having for the first time ever, that, I, to my knowledge, I've never seen this before, a indoor dog park business networking event. Yes, you heard that correct. An indoor dog park business networking event. We are partnering up with Barkology, which is right next to the uh, Buffalo Airport uh, in Buffalo. And we're actually having on February 15th, that's a Tuesday at 6 p.m., what this is, is it's a cool uh, event where you can actually bring your dog or come enjoy the dogs. We don't care. And you can actually build relationships with other business uh, owners and entrepreneurs in the local area right there at the indoor dog park. This is going to be phenomenal. So if you have a dog and they're friendly with other dogs, hey, RCP, get your ticket and come on down. If you're a member, it's absolutely free. So if you don't have a dog, no worries at all. Like, well, I have a dog, but they're older or they're not really friendly. No, no worries at all. Just come on down. Just come to the dog park by yourself. In fact, most of our tickets, you can't bring dogs because the space is uh, only so big and we have other people bringing their dogs there. So we only have five spots for people to actually bring their dogs inside. If you want to bring your dog after that, you can put them outside or put them on a leash inside the dog park um, or don't bring them at all. So I just want to make sure you know that the only thing we need from you is an RSCP and documentation that your dog actually uh, has uh, is up to date on its shots. So anyways, if that sounds awesome to you, our RSCPs are going live tomorrow as we're recording uh, on February 1st, which is a Tuesday uh, tomorrow on our website for our members. So our members get RSCPs first. They get free tickets to all of our, our basically all of our events. So if you're a member, you got first dibs. Have a, you know, come on down. And whatever's left over, if you're not a member, don't freak out. Don't worry. We actually will have our um, our, our, our public sale, if you will, on Thursday, February 3rd um, on our website. So you can check that out as well. So once they sell out, they sell out. And again, if you don't have a dog, don't worry at all. You are more than welcome to come. So that is the announcement. I know it's two and a half minutes of the episode here, but let's get going. So that being said, we have our guest here. We have Robert Grant. Robert Grant is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he's right here in Western New York, right here in Buffalo, even though he's all around the world half the time, if you know him. <laughs> and he owns a couple different businesses. But you know what? I don't want to spoil who you are and what you do, Rob. But first off, th thanks for coming on the show, man. No, I appreciate you having me. It's been a long time coming, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has been. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Rob, I know your story. Um, yeah. But for, for, you know, what do you do? What are you about? What should people know about you? All right, so um, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I run a publishing company, um, State Grounded Music, where I do a lot of licensing, uh, synchronized licensing for TV and film. I got over 3,000 placements so far um, on TV and film, and it's uh, the numbers are growing as well. And um, I run an independent music label, <clears throat> which is called State Grinding Inc., which is a, a management company. But I don't manage artists. I, I kind of more of consult and help them, guide them in, in their first steps of how to actually make money in the business and how to set everything up correctly, you know, as far as like pu publishing, um, ASCAP. Now ASCAP is, um, it's authors, uh, is a authors, uh, composer society group mm -hmm. where that's how they collect your, your royalties. So I, I make sure they register so they be able to collect the royalties from streaming. And also when they get their stuff taped on tape, uh, placed on TV and film. And if say, say if a publisher wants to say if a company wants to license it, mm -hmm. they have to sign off on the publishing. So mm -hmm. that's, I tell every artist though, you have to own your own 
music and own your own publishing company. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, how can I do that? And I'm like, this is really simple. A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. So <laughs> I do that. And then how I transitioned, I transitioned into, um, because I start, I started to understand about passive and residual income because I was getting royalties. So I'm still getting royalties. But then I've said, I need to figure out a way to create another revenue stream because I didn't want, I, you know, I had a, um, you know, early in my career, I had a million dollars invested into my label. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, you know, Sometimes the partners you don't agree, and we just went our own ways. So I rebuilt everything, and um, what I just I didn't I didn't just want to have any more investors coming in and trying to control like not saying control everything, but have a, a opinion because they are investing. Well, you're just I, like me. You don't, you don't, like, hey, I want to see the final say. Yeah, I know what I want to do and who I want to be. <laughs> exactly. So, and then that's how I got into merchant services, and um, I've been doing merchant services for oh, I think over 13 years now. For those that. Don't know the word merchant services. What does that mean? Uh, well, you know, back in uh, BC, they, you know, back in before Christ, they used to call them merchants, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, but no, seriously though. But that's what they actually used to call them back in the day. That's where merchant actually comes from. But um, I do payment processing. So what I do is I provide systems to allow businesses to accept credit cards for payments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. And I know you have a bunch of clients, not just here in Buffalo, but mm -hmm. all over Boston. It seems like everywhere. Every time I see you on social media, I feel like you're flying somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, but my, my, my core base of my, um, clients definitely, um, is in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, and since the pandemic hit, that's when I was like, you know what, let me expand and reach out to other people that I've, you know, met through walks of life and, you know, on the online, you know, Mark, you know, the online zoom and mm -hmm. meetings and stuff like that. So I just, you know, I just expanded because I have all these connections all over the place, yeah. you know, through my, my journey in life, you know? I love it. So I know this is gonna be really impossible for you, Rob. So um, I want to make sure that we have enough time for this. That's why I'm doing this first. So of course, we're going to talk about, hey, you know, one thing I want to talk about is, okay, so as a company, especially as a brick and mortar business, uh -huh. or someone that does, and I, I actually even say brick and mortar, anyway, that processes credit cards, which is 95% business, business, what should they know about that? But I don't want to go into that yet. So there's okay. a lot of things I want yeah. to learn. Um, and we want to learn. But I want to I want to hear your story, man. I know you're not originally from here. Obviously, you live here and you live in a couple different places. But you know, I, I know it's gonna be possible. But try to do it in three minutes. Tell us about your story growing up, man. I, I thought it was just really cool that I got to know you over the years. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I grew up in Boston. Um, uh, grew up in Dorchester, um, rough city. Then um, my parents uh, migrated like maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes outside the um, the city into uh, a, a small town called Randolph. When I moved there, it was predominantly Jewish. Um, and um, from there, um, I grew up, you know, being a musician, playing the saxophone. That's, you know, I, I grew up, you know, doing a marching band, jazz band. And that's kind of knew where I, I had a gift for music. And um, after that, right out of high school, you know, we, we talked about this. You know, my dad was like, hey, you got two choices, man. You, you know, get out the house or go in the military, go in the Air Force. Uh, you're smart. So I said, I guess I'm going in the Air Force. So from uh, right out of high school, I was young, 17. Uh, went in the Air Force, uh, served a term, uh, lived overseas for two years in Germany, Ramstein, traveled all through um, Europe, um, didn't get the chance to go to the Middle East, but traveled a lot through Europe and um, um, like uh, like Tokyo, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then I, when I came back, um, my last duty stations, I lived all up and down the East Coast, like doing TDYs, they're called uh, six, six months temporary duty stations. Mm -hmm. So I did that all up and down the East Coast in um, like the South, and then I decided I wanted to you know take the music business serious, and that's when I really pushed you know to make a uh, make a career in the music business. And um, I say like maybe like six months, seven months later. Um, actually, you know what? That's well, let me. I skipped something. Yeah, no worries. All right. So when I got out, when I got out of the military, 
I was still, I was really young and I still had that hustlers, mm-hmm. you know, spirit mentality. And I kind of, I, 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 you know, I kind of went backwards to be honest with you. Yeah, we, up, we, I, we've I, all went backwards yeah. in our life. It's not, it's not a straight arrow. Off. Yeah. We know that. I end up going. I end up doing like seven months, seven months, you know, eight months after I got out of the military. I went and did three and a half years in jail. Yeah. So when I was in jail, I was just like, "What the hell am I doing?" Yeah. And from there, I wrote like three hundred songs, and mm-hmm. I was just, I was just like, I do not want to ever be in this position mm-hmm. again. And I felt kind of stupid because I'm like, how can I do something so great, make a big step in life? but then take all these steps back. So when I got out, <clears throat> I devised a plan. <clears throat> I said, I'm going to take the, I'm not going to look back. I'm going to take this music stuff serious and, and, and push forward. And um, then like seven months later, I was on radio. And so that was, and that, and that was my, um, that was my trajectory. And then from there, I started to work with a lot of, um, you know, platinum artists, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Grammy award winning artists and producers after that. But I definitely like put the grind in. That's why I call my uh, label stay grinding. Yeah, I love it, man. I do. I, I love it. And then eventually, you wanted to create different multiple streams of income, which you got into to merchant right. consulting and yep. credit card processing. That's really cool, and I, I love your story. And me and Rob share, you know, and obviously not all the similarities in the world, but I really love about him is he, my story is a little little different. But that being said, like I I did six months of weekends. It's not straight time. <laughs> totally different. Three and a half years now, straight but time. You, but you did time though. I you did know, my so thing. You know I, I have a record, and so you know, I, and I was forced to entrepreneur. So if you listen to our podcast episodes, you've heard the story a couple times, but. I was forced in entrepreneurship. How'd you get into it? I had to be. I was kicked out of college with a 0.86 GPA. I had a record at the age of 20. I was arrested five times before I was 20. And so for me, um, I, I just think, wow, this is, I love people that don't have that give up mentality. Yep. So in fact, that was one of the questions we, we kind of have written down here. I want to make sure we, we get to it because it's kind of perfect timing is, so can you tell us a story about the hard times that you faced when you first started your journey? And did you ever consider giving up? You know, there were times where I felt like giving up, but I had a vision and I knew, I knew, I know, I knew what success looked like because I've seen it. Then when I grew up, I seen what it looked like. So, um, I would have moments, um, of clarity of what my vision was, but it was definitely rough. Like in the beginning, you know, the first few years really sucked because rejection is hard to take, you know, but you know, being in the music industry, I took a lot of rejection too. A lot of people say, "Oh, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna do this," or they just, you know, they don't can't. Your your vision or your dream's too big for them to even imagine. So they was they think you can't. But um, I just had a vision, and I was just consistent. And um, I there's times I did want to give up, and and just when you think you want to give up, that's when like someone on the called, music industry you want to give up. Are you talking about like forget Buffalo? They don't. They don't. No, no, me. no, no. Just as far as like you know, building the business, you know, for credit card processing, mm-hmm. like just the moment when you're like. You know, you want to quit. You get like someone calls you and gives you a great lead or something. You yeah. know, you know. So it's like I used to prospect a lot. I used to be out in Buffalo in these streets, and you know, I'm knocking on doors, and it's like ten of them say no, and then that one person says yes. Yep. And it's like it makes it all worth it. You're totally right. I'm the same way because a lot of things what I do, it, you know, everything I everything is sales. I should say. I don't care if you're a chiropractor or a lawyer. Everyone's selling themselves. Everyone's selling something. Yep. So that being said, you're totally right. When you feel like I don't know, can I do this? Does it work? Do people want this anymore? All of a sudden, you get a sale and you're on top of the world again. You get that like endorphin rush. Yeah, that high. Yeah. yeah. And then you're all right. Awesome. So that's it. So you know, if you do sales or if that's your main priority uh, here, uh, we're we're with you, man. Trust the process. Yeah, and it's a McDermott quote there. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, what are the most common mistakes you see entrepreneurs make from your time and everything that you've seen? And what would you suggest they do? Well, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of that, and I think at the end of the day, is they just have to be open for new concepts and new solutions mm-hmm. to help them 
you know, keep up with their competitors, but also keep up with the times because things change, right? So they just got to be open for options, be open to learn about new technology, new marketing, you know, way, new ways to create multiple revenue streams for their business. Because a lot of people, a lot of business owners didn't think before the pandemic that they would ever be using um, like curbside, curb, curbside apps, delivery apps online. A lot of them were like, we're never going to use that. We'll use our own drivers. Exactly. So when the pandemic hit, I've had though I had those solutions, so I laid them dormant. And as soon as the pandemic hit, Rob, do you have that online <laughs> delivery? Do you have the you know online ordering? Yes, I do. And I just flipped a switch. So I, all all my all my clients in Buffalo that had restaurants, they stayed in business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because obviously it's a, it's adapt or die. And you you know if uh, you've been in business for twenty years, it's so t- it's so tough to like want to grow because you're like this is working for me, this is working exactly. For me. Yeah. And you know why don't fix it if it's not broken? I exactly. totally get that concept. But one thing I want to do is just take it another step further. So our listeners out there, I love what Rob just said. Obviously, you have to adapt. You have to keep growing. You got to be an up. early adapter. Yeah, and you have to be open minded. Yep. One thing I like to say too is like. What new problems can you solve? So obviously, as, as the years go by, new problems come up. And when there's new problems, a lot of times, well, I just do, for example, I just do credit card processing. I, I, I just solve this problem. But as you know, you solve so many different problems. Mm-hmm. And it's getting the word out there. Like, hey, I solved this problem. Do you have this problem? Well, we solve this. Or do you have this? You know, like, for example, like uh, landscaping. Mm-hmm. Well, I just cut lawns. No, it's, hey, I saved your time. Or, hey, do you want your weekends back? You don't feel like cutting your lawn and doing the mulching and doing all these things. If you don't, do you want to save some time? Do you want your time back? We solve that problem of giving your time back. Well, no, I do landscaping. Well, you solve that problem. Right. Or if you want, it, you want to keep up with the Joneses on their lawn, like, well, maybe it's time to get to somebody else and save you time. So, right. so many times we, we just think we solve one or two problems, but no, we solved it. People don't necessarily want their lawn cut. They can, a lot of times they can care less about right. how great it's cut. Yeah. They, just don't, they just don't want to do it. They, yeah, exactly. They just don't <laughs> want to do it. And they don't want to worry about it. So, how do you save time, anxiety, worry, stresses? People just don't want to stress. They want things done. They want things automatic, yep. and they don't want to worry about it. Yeah, so I try to make everything turnkey for my clients, and then um, a lot of like you don't when you sign up with me and you process me, that's not the end of you know our relationship because we become partners with, with you know I become partners with the business owner, and then that's when I um, look at other aspects of the business to try to help them lower cost. You know, because it's all at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line, mm-hmm. and I want it. I want them to be relieved of the financial burden so they can put money aside, you know, to take a trip somewhere mm-hmm. or, you know, put money back into their business. And, um, yeah, cause a healthy client is a long-term client. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and when yeah. they make money, I make money. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to find ways to help them increase their revenue, mm-hmm. bring in other strategic partners in to help them on other aspects mm-hmm. of their business as well. As, that, and that's what I do as a consultant, you know, I love it. So yeah. for those that, you know, a lot of times when I do something that I don't have a lot of expertise in, I'm wondering, am I getting hosed? There's a better way. Can I ask for a yeah. better deal? Um, or what should I know? What are the basics? Like when I bought my first home, like whatever it was, 11, 12 years ago, I wrote a book about you know buying a home for dummies. And <laughs> I just wanted to know the basics. So if you don't mind, give us the dummy version. What should people know about credit card processing? What should they watch out for when they're talking to somebody? What should they you know, know? And what are some questions they should ask? Just give us a baseline if you don't mind. Well, these are questions I would get asked a lot. <clears throat> um, so with, with business owners, at the end of the day, what they need to know wh- when it comes to credit card processing, <clears throat> they need to know the, the solution they're ever going to get is going to be robust, right? Because a lot of the POS systems, like they'll get like these cheap POS systems sometimes because they feel like they can't afford, you know, the, the new robust POS mm-hmm. systems. But I offer free solutions for that mm-hmm. and customize depending on what they're, what they're looking for. But... <clears throat> 
at the end of the day, when it comes to merchant services, they have to just know what their effective rate is. And that's the whole bill, not just the rate. So you have the discount rate, which comes from me, and then you have the other, the interchange that comes from the credit card companies. Mm-hmm. That combined together is um, is called an effective rate. Mm-hmm. So they just need to know what their true effective rate is, and um, that will tell you that will tell the business owner whether they're getting kind of screwed mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they need to go back to their merchant um, provider and renegotiate their rate. So when do now in terms, do you help them negotiate or do you do the negotiating for them? <laughs> Sometimes usually? I'll do an anal- I'll do an analysis. Um, and show them what their current processor is actually charging them because I do like a forensic analysis mm-hmm. and I look at all the numbers, all the cars they're doing, and then I look at all the other fees because a lot of them don't understand that merchant statement because it's, it's like cryptic, you know? So I actually like took a class, you know, a master's yeah. class to learn how to read those statements. Hi, this is Mike Anderson, owner and president of MJ Capital Resources. We are a commercial mortgage broker. We help with commercial mortgage lending. We help find the best possible lender for you. We facilitate it and handle it throughout the whole process from start to finish. So we don't just simply hand it off. We negotiate the best terms, but we're there with you every step of the way and helping you get to that next level, not just with the one property, but ongoing. We help both business owners and property investors with all different kinds of properties. So if you're in need of a commercial mortgage, I can 100% help and looking forward to seeing what I can do. Reach me at michael at mjcapitalresources.com. That's awesome. So I love how straightforward you are. You, you, you know, there's no BS with you, Rob. So mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you this question. So so are, when you do an analysis for somebody, when you, when you sit there and you kind of now, like what are the, like, if there's 10 clients, how many of them actually um, realize that they're overpaying? How many do you think? Um, they don't really know until I come, until I come around. They, they, a lot of them like, oh, we're good. We got a good rate. And I'm like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, do, do, are you sure? And if they say they're sure, you know, some people, you mm-hmm. know, they, they're good where they're at. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's good where you're at. But eventually what happens every six months, they raise the rates. They, it creeps up on you. Do they give you a notice or yeah, how does comes, this work? Yeah. So it's, it's, in the, it's in the merchant statement yeah. um, every April and every October. That's when the interchange changes from the, for the corporations. Mm-hmm. And what happens, those third parties, they slide money into the interchange, making it seem like it's coming from them, but it's actually coming from the actual um, oh, merchant provider. That's yeah. so cool. So how, what's, uh, I, I know it's tough. We don't, you know, people are visual. I got, yeah. show me on the statement where I do that, but is there a way you can simplify Like, hey, check this here to know that if you're getting screwed and then if not, call Rob. Right. Or if you are, call Rob. Other <laughs> fees. That's when you, when you look at the merchant statement and then you see other fees, that's where they're, they could be adding stuff mm-hmm. or not it all depends on who your merchant provider is but, right but when you see other fees that's where you like okay because the rate you have a you know you have a rate that's you know a fifth of a percent and five cents per transaction but you know and that from from the discount rate you're you're paying about 100 bucks mm-hmm. but then the other fees you got like 400 bucks mm-hmm. right so it's going somewhere yeah exactly in the end they have to get you know we have to make money we have to do this so it's it's just kind of like you almost like a mirage yeah you kind of say oh i'm doing this but you're really getting that yeah, you, I, get, I you get a low rate here but they'll hit you high with the other fees over there so it's really about just um like i'm just very transparent yeah. so I, I just tell them what it is and yeah. that's that's what they got to look out for. A lot of them don't really understand how to read the statement. They just look and see how much they're paying, mm-hmm. and how the how you do that. You um divide what you're paying into the vault um into the um 
into the um, act of volume. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get your effective rate. So before we move into another subject, Rob, is there anything else you think business owners should know about, you know, um, you know, credit processing or merchant consulting or something they should look out for? Or maybe there's a misconception somewhere? Um, <clears throat> a lot of them think that uh, we're making like a ton of money off of them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's not really actually the case. Um, you know, of course, if you have million dollar clients, mm-hmm. you're, you're making some decent money. But um, it's we're not really I mean, it's in. The reason how we make money is the more clients we get. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of like rental properties, more units you have. Yeah. So retention is very important for me. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what, what what I do is I just make sure my clients always taken care of transparency, honest, honesty, integrity, mm-hmm. technology, customer service. Mm-hmm. That's you know my main um uh, my main priorities. Awesome. So I know when we originally talked about it, you know, I'm not I'm not bringing a million dollars in revenue in terms of credit card processing <laughs> yeah, fees. Yeah, for sure. So so that being said, when do people need to really make? Hey, don't use Square anymore. Hey, stop using. Like when I was doing like when I did speaking, I would sell books whenever I got done mm-hmm. speaking. But I'm you know we're talking maybe like tw- anywhere from twenty to eighty books were sold. So I would just use the credit card swipe from Square. Right. You're like that makes sense. You're not bringing. I think you said the number was five thousand dollars a month, and you should start doing that. Like. T- I'm, I'm yeah, sorry if I well, missed uh, no, Yeah, there. so around like I work with startups all the time, and but you know, um, if a merchant's doing like five thousand dollars a month in processing, um, Square is a good solution. But I also have solutions just like Square. Um, I, so I tell people to think outside the Square. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um, and I have programs where I actually can save them. Uh, you know, ninety five percent of the processing fees now. There's there's solutions out there that can do that. So I have all those systems in place. So right now, all my clients I'm signing up, they're not really, they're paying like 14 bucks a month in processing fees. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, that is that is absolutely insane. Because yeah. I remember there's like a, like a threshold, like, hey, if you're less than this, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. If you're more than this, we should really have this conversation. Right. At and- the end of the day, it's really about, <clears throat> they just got to be honest about what the volume they're processing. Because if you're not honest about your processing, that's when, you know, we get it, you know, I take a hit because yeah. they're not processing what mm-hmm. they say they were. So I have to actually pay back the money that I'm earning if they're not processing, mm. you know, that volume that they said. So I'm just very, like, I'm just telling them, like, be honest. Like, if you only could do two months, I mean, $2,000 a month, just be honest. With them. Yeah. And then we'll help you grow. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> right. And, and honesty is key in any business relationship. And once that's broke, that's pretty tough to, to earn back there. Mm-hmm. So that being said, man, um, and we can go into the music industry here. Oh, so man. for those, if that's okay. That's yeah, fine. Uh, and I know this is tough. We only have like five minutes left, to be honest with you, Rob. That's good. So um, what do you think people should know that are thinking about it? So anybody out there that's like, I would really want to break into this. Maybe, maybe they're not necessarily... Um, a musician well they are but maybe they play an instrument maybe mm-hmm. they maybe mm-hmm. they sing maybe they rap yeah. whatever you want to call it what what should what should they know um you i mean if you really want to be in the music industry and you really want to do it you just have to um have like complete uh faith and same faith in yourself but you have to have a good team around you too and um just be consistent you know be consistent with your music and just learn from the great people collaborate as much as possible um, that's how, you know, I got my career started. My first single was Ray J and then Ray J introduced me to, um, a, a huge producer from Convict Music, which was Akon's producer. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I, you know, my, uh, my public, I met my publicist and she was Jay-Z's publicist for 20 years. Uh, she passed away. Um, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta have insane faith and, you know, surround yourself around good people because it's really about your team and your vision and uh everybody wanting to see you be successful because once you're successful everyone gets on 
Yeah. So how do you assemble a team? Like what, you know, because like we can assemble and again, I've mentioned this, I think in the podcast before, but in my mastermind that we run, I'm reading a book called Good to Great from mm-hmm. Jim Collins. And one of the chapter three was uh, have the right people on the bus. And so have the right people on the bus before you actually even talk about your destination. So you, I feel like you just wrote that book in the music <laughs> industry. So that being said, how do people get the right people on the bus? I mean, sometimes you, sometimes going to be people that were with you from day one, but then on your journey, you're going to pick people up along the way that see that start to see your vision because it's all about consistency. Like people didn't take me, people took me seriously because they seen growth. Like I was constantly growing all the time, you know, doing what I had to do. So that's what happened. Like people just jumped on the bus actually, you know, um, you know, some, you know, I say when you push, when you're pushing the train, no one wants to help them. Then when it's rolling, sometimes it's like that, but is, yeah. you can't. You know, um, you can't get mad at people that don't see your vision because it's your vision. Yeah. Right. It's not theirs. <laughs> so you have to show it to them. You got to make them a believer. Seeing is believing. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah, guys, and you and I just think so much the same way, Rob. I think that uh, it's just, you know, sometimes you get so aggravated. You're like, why well, don't they believe as much as I do? I'm like, well, it's your vision. They don't even see it yet because yeah. you see it in your mind and, and where you're going. And a lot of times, and then it becomes, you know, at least I'll speak for me. If I'm not careful, resentment can fall through. Resentment, anger. Uh, I'm gonna show all you uh, kind of mentality. Uh, listen, man. Listen, yeah, man. And, that, and, that's Boston. Boston's like that. I'm tough, man. Like I'm gonna make it. I'm, you know, uh, you know, like that's, you know, Boston is a really tough city. So coming out of there, man, it made me like really resilient, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, that was kind of me in my, especially my mid to late 20s, and I just kind of, you know, and still I still struggle with it. If I'm being honest with you, but. That being said, it's more of I have to do this for me because this is who I was born to be and this right. is who God created me to be. And he's called me to more and to, to break chains and do all these great, you know, great things, not just you know, not for just me and my family, but to, to show what's possible. And, yep. and if they don't see it, that's OK. And if they don't believe it, that's OK. Yep. And if they don't understand it, that's OK. Yep. Because otherwise, I've realized you ever like have that success and they still like don't get it or they uh they almost like question it it doesn't you don't basically you're not getting the reaction you want out of it yeah and then you start getting more mad so i just i it's been really great to, to grow into that and just be like it was never about them in the first place dave right 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 you know meet people where they're at and if they don't get it that's okay yeah you know and, and i and i still battle with stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's not um i you know it's really just you know it's just finding your tribe too, man. Like, because not everyone's going to see it, you know? And, but you know, when it becomes polarizing, that's when people are compelled. You know, my aunt, my aunt taught me a valuable lesson. She just said, you know, um, said, Robert, when, you know, when you, when you have a certain type of success, you know, you definitely have to watch out for certain people because the people who didn't see your vision and now you got things going on, they want to come around. So Mm -hmm. you can't, don't get mad at them for it, but you definitely have to watch everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, like you, like you seen, you know, when I, you know, when I started Team Network, <clears throat> I, I had a vision, right? And I left B&I, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I said, I'm gonna start my own thing because I want to be around people who are more like-minded mm-hmm. and um, who operate at a higher level. Mm-hmm. No offense to B&I or anything like that. They were great. They, they did awesome things for me the first few years when I was there. But I just wanted to operate at a higher level and be surrounded by more people. Yeah. That, um, you, had, you had a different vision. Yeah. That's so so that was my vision. No one's seen it, right? Mm-hmm. But I built it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you used to come. Like, you <laughs> was there. We were at the small table, and then we eventually moved to the big the big area, yeah. you know? So 
And Cena's believing. So that's what happened. People's like, wow, okay. Uh, you know, I'm taking pictures, showing people, okay, more people's coming, more people's coming. And then I, what I was doing, I was actually helping people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think once you people see that you generally, you're helping them, you're helping them make more money, you're making mm-hmm. connections for them. And that's why I, I, I just created value. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. That's so smart. And like what I love about what Rob did there, and I, I want to say this back to our listeners here, is that so what he did is he basically showed value. He solved problems in a mm-hmm. different way with a different vision, with uh, different ways. And when you do that, people are naturally attracted to, to you as a person, as an entrepreneur. And there, now they just so happen to have a friend or themselves need the product uh, or, uh, you know, in this case, credit card processing. Mm-hmm. They just know, like, oh, well, who do I have a relationship with? Oh, that's right. Rob. He's been, I've known him for two years now. I've been to his events. I've seen this. I've yep. done that. And that's what it is. So many times, and I see this in networking so much, and I want to scream this on a mountain with a microphone, <laughs> is that, like, oh, oh, you know, someone says, like, well, I don't want to talk to that. Person. You know, they're not saying it. We're not verbally saying it. But in right. our mind, we're trying to go from one person, well, they're not my client. They're not my client. But, man, you just build a relationship. You just give value to them first. If you actually give a crap about them first and give value to them first, you're going to tell me he doesn't have an aunt, cousin, you know, sister, um, another business friend who, who might need your services, but because you don't care about him or her, that they, 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 you totally glance over it. It's just like give value in the first, go first. Like, that's not what leadership is. Yeah. It's just giving first. Yep. And then it's like, but we, you know, it's so many, we just miss the, uh, we miss the boat in it. And that that's kind of why we do our Western entrepreneur thing is we're just trying to build relationships. Who you are first, what you do second. Who you are first, what you do second. Relationships over everything. In fact, you know, you've been to, even been a network event in a while, which is, which is great because I know you're one busy dude on a plane every other day, if you like. But for, for us, it, you're not allowed to tell people what you do for the first 40 minutes that's our rule oh yeah that's that's perfect i mean i'm like people are like what do you mean I, you know you can tell the people like when they first come they're like oh yeah. this is interesting like, i mean i actually got to talk about me and mm-hmm. not what i do and what problems they saw i'm like you'll get there yeah but, you but know let's talk about you first yeah in the beginning <laughs> like when i used to do a lot of networking it was just like here's my card It'll, you know but then i was like wait a minute like i got to the point where i was like you know what i gotta really build relationships i gotta show them that I actually care about them in their business you know so and once I started doing that and took off the, you know, the stuffy suit and, you know, I just got, you know, I just, you know, dressed down casual. Yeah, yourself. And, yeah. And I just start to ask them about themselves and what they like to do and why they want to start this business and show and just go, you know, show interest. Yeah. You know, um, like being, you know, being multicultural, like, you know, um, also understanding other cultures, too, you know, because, you know, there's, you got a lot of different businesses and they come a lot of people come from different cultures. And because I understood certain cultures, it would allow me to walk mm. you through that door because they see that I understand their culture. Yeah. And they understand where you're coming from yeah. and, and where they're coming from. That's so good. So that being said, Rob, that's all the time we have today, my friend. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's been great. We learned a lot about a lot of different things here. And I appreciate you sharing your story, talking about what we should know about credit card processing, how to get into the music industry. We did we did a lot here. You're a very talented guy. And Thanks, you're man. sharing pre- it, man. I appreciate it, um, So that being said, for those that want to connect with you, Rob, they have a question for you or yep. they just vibe with you or they just want to connect with you. What's the best way for them to contact you? Okay, so you can – I'm on LinkedIn. So just type in Robert Grant if you want to find me on LinkedIn. And um, if you want to go to my website, which is uh, WNYMC.co, that's when you can see all my solutions. Um, and then for the music stuff, you can just, uh, you know, uh, my tag name is Omega Red Superfan. So all you got to do is type in Omega Red and, and Super spelt S-U-P-A. So it's Omega Red Superfan. So that's how you can find me on. You He's know. on Spotify. Listen to his music. Yeah, I'm on Spotify. Yeah, just dropping some new singles. Um, I just worked on this rock single. It's called Sticks and Stones because we're talking about how people, you know, people can hurt you, but yeah. you get, you gotta keep moving forward. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, man, like that's where you can find me, man. Get, reach out to me. I'll get right back at you. And by the way, his stuff will be in, in the bio of this podcast too. So you don't have to about how you don't have to like 
you know, uh, hurt yourself driving while trying to write this stuff down. So <laughs> sure. um, if you are driving. So anyways, uh, thanks time uh, for your time, Rob. Appreciate you. I appreciate you having me, man. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.